What is up, everyone? It is Tuesday night, a little bit after 8 p.m. on the East Coast. So you guys know what that means. Another edition of the Buffalo Blitz right here on the Built in Buffalo Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter network and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, or wherever you get your podcast. We have a great show tonight. We're going to be, obviously, for the first, a little bit more than the first half, breaking down the Bills' narrow victory over the Chargers. And then towards the end of the show, we'll be joined by Mike Cadillac, who's a Patriots beat reporter for WEEI in uh, New England. And we'll get his thoughts on the Patriots, the Bills-Patriots matchup on Sunday. Obviously, some score predictions. But before we do all that, Lance, how are we doing, my man? Doing well, doing well. Bills Mafia, how are you doing out there? Uh, the Buffalo Blitz is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the best daily fantasy app out there. Sign up now with promo code BLITZ. You'll get first deposit matched up to $100. I almost had a $2,500 winner uh, this weekend. Needed Steph Diggs to get six catches. He had five. And so oh that'll be part of our breakdown here. Not understanding why Stefan Diggs can't be productive. But before we get into that, I would just say it's good to get a win. We don't have to be pretty anymore at this point. Uh, we just need to win uh, games. And uh, however we can do that at this point is going to be uh, the most important. This is crunch time. So whether it's by two points or by 12, uh, Bills just need to come out with a win each and every week moving forward. Yeah, we got a lot to play for. And we have a lot to talk about on tonight's episode. We're going to get right into it. We're going to recap the game. Obviously, we're going to have some other topics as well. We're going to a little bit of a breakdown of the current playoff picture. If you guys don't know what is going on with the Bills, a lot of different scenarios. Lance and I will just kind of quickly run you guys through maybe some of the potential scenarios, maybe who you got to root for this weekend. Obviously, Bill and Buffalo Twitter account always puts out a great tweet towards the end of the week. Uh, just who you root for to make sure you guys know uh, and all that kind of stuff. But we're going to get right into it. We're going to recap Bill's win. We're, we we're going to talk about the offense in a bit, talk about the defense. But Lance, one thing from this 24-22 victory on Saturday night that I guess stood out to you. Yeah, the running game just didn't seem like it could get going. I think the you know penetration um, – through the offensive line was a little bit uh, confusing based upon, you know, going out and bullying the Cowboys. So uh, one thing that stuck out to me is just how up and down each week, you know, up, we, we can be up front and uh, the Bills offensive line uh, didn't play poorly by any stretch of the imagination, just in certain situations. It seemed like um, early on, especially mm -hmm. uh, before the Bills offense really got rolling that, um, you know, the penetration and stuff was uh, giving them fits. And as always, comment section is open. If you're on Facebook, if you're on YouTube, drop a comment. Let us know your thoughts. We'll try to get to them. And use Super Chat if you're on YouTube. Uh, that means your comment will definitely come up and we'll definitely talk about it. Lance, I'm going to just segue right off what you just said. Uh, I agree. I, look, the offensive was inconsistent. We're going to get to that. The running game was inconsistent. I thought they went away from that really early in the game. The first two drives of the game that ended in punts uh, by the Bills, and it did take the Bills' offense a little bit to get going. They had two; they had actually had three punt, punts to start the day, uh, a punt, a punt, a punt, and they were down ten nothing. Really, really, relatively quick in the game. I thought they were; they kind of went away from what worked the week before against Dallas. And I get it; every week, every game is different, right? And you try to play to 
the Chargers or your next opponent's weaknesses, right? If they're a better run defense, you try to pass the ball. You guys kind of get that. Obviously, Dallas is not the best run defense. They're better in the secondary. The Bills ran the ball, right? I still think overall the Chargers aren't a great roster at the moment. Like We know what they've been going through through the year. They're kind of checked out. Even though they did play well for their interim head coach, I want to give them credit uh, where credit's due. I just thought, Lance, early in the game where you saw Allen miss a couple balls. He missed Gabe Davis over the uh, sideline. He got hit late. Uh, he missed someone else deep, I thought. I thought he was kind of a little jittery, kind of missed a couple easy passes that kind of creates first down. I thought I saw too much of Leonard Fournette, and I saw too much of Latavius Murray in the beginning. And, look, James Cook did not have a great game from any stretch stretch of the imagination, but I thought early on they should have went to James Cook a little more, tried to establish a run, and then open the pass. I just thought they came out with a, a very interesting game plan, and it clearly right. didn't work. They started with three punts, and they were down 10 nothing. So, yeah, I think that, you know, that's another thing I wanted to mention here is that once again, the Bills coming out on offense, um, punting the first three possessions. And, um, yeah, it's frustrating. I think, you know, they had a couple of passes to start the game, like you mentioned, and then they tried to go to the run um, and just couldn't, couldn't get it. And, you know, they they do that freaking short swing pass to dig still first play. Of the it game. doesn't work. It doesn't work. Like, what it doesn't work do? Why do we keep playing? Because this work. play is just not in the work. In you know, it's not going to work. It's it's been well. That's also what have we talked about six weeks now. Where doesn't represent Diggs' skill set anyway. Yeah, you mentioned that, and so you know, I don't know. I don't necessarily think that they just went away from the run necessarily, but I just think that they were ineffective the first three drives and when they you know when they needed four to five yards from the running play they didn't get it you know you have um first down Allen will you know on, on one of the drives Allen runs or Fournette runs for three yards and then you know they get a first down with a pass then Allen runs for six yards and then yeah Hook gets stopped behind the backfield then it's an incompletion and boom we're punting and so it's um that's kind of how some of these things go, you know, I think that instead of being able to, um, you know, the third drive, we end up getting going, you have cook coming for five and then 10 getting a first down and then three, and then it, you know, becomes, you know, penalties come into play and then drives get stalled like that. So, um, after that though, you know, they, they really started playing well. They had the one interception and one other punt otherwise, but, um, what I really liked, you know, in addition to what, we saw from the offense is that the defense, you know, held them to five field. So they got into, you wouldn't, you would like them not to get in the field goal range five different times, I guess. But, you know, when they were driving, they, you know, we had a few turnovers. So the one mm-hmm. touchdown they scored was a short, short field. Yeah. And otherwise they didn't, they either well, they had 10 or points. field goal. So I mean, Did they have 10 or 13 points off turnovers. I know they had 10. It was 10. 10, yeah. Yeah. So like you're one, you're right. You mentioned the defense is short field, right? Like that's, that stings sometimes, right? Also and that's 13 because it's uh, three points off the field fumble, three points off the interception and then seven points off. Yeah. The yeah. 13. So like the defense was put in some subpar situations, right? Like that's not their fault. Yeah. Uh, one led to a touchdown and I, I, I give credit to the defense. So we're, we'll get to that in a, in a bit down the road on the show. Um, but you want to let's get to the offense, Lance, because I think that's a I think that's a hot topic that people not a hot topic, but 
the offense wasn't consistent, right? Like they still scored 24 points in a game that I, I guess up the national media and the narrative that they were going to score 40, right? And that's not always realistic week in a week out in the NFL because it's the NFL. And I, I want to give credit to the Chargers. I thought they played their butts off on both sides of the ball. But Lance, why do you think the offense was so inconsistent from, I guess, the week before where the offense felt like they were in a in a really good groove, even though they weren't throwing the ball a lot against Dallas, they were in a groove, but they go to this week and they punt the ball multiple times to start the game. And then you think they get back in a groove. And then in the second half, there's an interception, but then a touchdown, but then they punt, then they fumble. Like it was, it was like, it went from like two bad possessions to a good, and then a, a bad, a good, oh, too bad. And then a good, obviously it ended up being good. But why do you think the offense was, I guess, so inconsistent throughout the night? Yeah, I just think that, you know, in the certain situations there, they couldn't, again, they were allowing penetration um, to disrupt what they wanted to do, whether it be passing or running. Um, and I think the run game saw more disruption from the penetration that the Chargers defense was able to get. So whatever pointed attack the Chargers had um, on the Bills offense kind of worked to a degree uh, to begin with. And then some adjustments were made and it looks like they were able to start um, executing um, at a higher level. I, again, I don't think the offensive line yeah. was poor overall. I think they did some good things. I think we asked them to do a lot of really difficult things, and it doesn't always work. That's for sure. Uh, I think they they certainly have their work cut out for them each and every week with the game plan that they're given. And um, some teams, and I kind of referenced this last week because the defensive line for the Chargers um, – you know, isn't bad there. They have Cleo Mack there. Um, and I know they just got rid of Joseph Day. So, you know, there were some other guys playing, but it's still a pretty good uh, group of, of linemen there. And it and they made it tough. They had some different blitzing schemes and things like that that made um, their matchups uh, difficult. And, and for me, that's what I saw. That's what I really think kind of disrupted the timing of the offense and had them um, – trying to adjust on the fly pretty quickly. And that's what you saw um, three punts quick. And, um, and then, you know, they made an adjustment, came right out with a shot and, and it hit a 57 yard uh, pass for a touchdown. So they did some really good things. Um, I think game by game, it's, it's, it's kind of difficult to see how the game plan evolves with Joe Brady kind of newer OC. We don't really have like, okay, we, he's, he's going to attack here. You mm -hmm. know, we're kind of feeling that out still. And I think you have all these kind of in, inconsistent players too, at times, you know, where you have Gabe Davis who is so up and down, right. And some games he's, you know, getting in and some, some games he's uh, silent and it's just, it, it's tough. I think, you know, it, it's matchup based, uh, matchup-based league, and and they just, for whatever reason, um, couldn't find it early. But I think throughout the rest of the game, they were pretty successful. Yeah, look, I thought the offense, offensive line. See, I saw Roy's comment. What's up, Roy? Uh, I saw. I thought the offensive line was. I, I would say up and down. I don't think they were particularly bad. I don't think they were particularly great. I just thought overall the offense wasn't in sync. I thought Dalton Kincaid wasn't really in sync. I didn't go back, and I know Sal 
tweeted it. I don't remember when if you mind trying to find this his snap count because I think Kincaid like just wasn't a factor offensively. And I think look, they tried running the ball again. They ran the ball for 30 times. They only averaged three and a half yards per carry. Uh obviously Josh ran for five for 15, Fournette five for 20, and Cook 20 for 70, right? I just thought at times they were I think the Chargers did a great job of getting them off script a little. I thought they didn't, I don't think the Bills went and think they were going to walk over the Chargers. I just thought the early game plan from the Bills wasn't great, and I thought the Chargers did a great job, but I thought the Bills, it took them a while to get into their flow, and I just don't think Allen was particularly sharp in the beginning of the game, but then I think he he grew. Like, he went on. Like, there was a couple of things in this game that if goes the Bills' way, we're not really talking about Atlanta. We might be talking about a 31-15 or 31-16, make more sense, 31-16 win, and I'm talking about the deep ball to Diggs, right? Like, if Allen puts that where he usually does and gets it to him. One, we're talking about Diggs having a great game, so we're not talking about Diggs. And two, we're talking about another touchdown. And I don't think that's – it's a really a game at that point, right? Like, right. so that's one huge flip. And we know how bad interceptions can be. Like, we can't throw interceptions, especially because of momentum. And one, for a team that turned the ball over a couple times, three times, and still won the game, I guess it shows how far we've gone through the season and developed through the season because – any other point in this year, Lance, we lose that game. Like that Deontay Hardy fumble can't happen. And shout out, not shout out, but the special teams is an issue at the moment, in my, in my opinion. But that Deontay Hardy fumble cannot happen. James Cook fumble cannot happen. The Allen throw, I would tell him to make the throw every single time, right? Like I would never tell Allen not to make that throw. It wasn't a bad decision, it was a bad physical thing, which is usually not what we see from Allen. It's usually the bad decision because he thinks he can get it there. It was the right decision. He just couldn't get it there. It was shocking. And he was also on the run. And I know some people on Twitter are like, oh, you got to set your feet. But it's you sitting from your couch telling him to set your feet. So give it a rest. Right. I don't right. like that kind of thing. It's like, Alan knows he can make that throw. And I think, look, in the situation, it's a bad, it's an interception. But I think McDermott and Brady are not mad at Allen for making that throw. The Cook and Deontay Hardy fumbles are inexcusable and different. Uh, especially when Cook fumbled late in the game. And obviously, Deontay Hardy's fumble led to seven points. You can't yeah. give teams seven points. And my biggest thing was I thought the offense was inconsistent and it also kept the Chargers in the game. And when you're playing a team that is clearly on a separate level with you and a down a level of who you are as a team, it keeps them in the game. I just thought I wanted to go a little more simple, right, Lance? I thought they went away from maybe James, a James Cook dump off. They went away from getting Kalu Shakir involved. And I think he had a good game. Getting Dalton Kincaid involved. Maybe Dawson. I, I just thought it was – a little bit too complicated. And they didn't they didn't really use digs until the last drive. Right. Yeah. Until the last uh, drive when Allen fed his 23 snaps. So 42%. That's a problem. 26 Lance. snaps. And uh one catch on two targets for Kincaid. I agree. I mean I think that that's a problem. This offense could be so much simpler, but you know, I guess from my perspective though, I you don't know exactly what Josh or Joe saw on the field. Um, and what the Chargers were trying to do to him. Uh, I know that no, uh, I agree. Chargers' record is is not great, but I think, like I mentioned before the game, the roster isn't completely terrible. I think the um, you know the players, Derwin James and, and Cleo Mack, to name just oh, two no. No, big they name were guys, but but they have guys that can really play on that defense, and and they're they're putting themselves in situations yeah. to try to upset. The, the rhythm and the tempo of the Bills offense. And I think they did it early. And I think after that, the Bills kind of 
were able to settle in and, and go more simplistic and do some of the things that they they knew they could execute but um then you started having the mistakes and penalties and mm -hmm. you know turnovers and those kind of things so those i think on the drives they didn't have those things they scored and uh was enough and yeah again josh allen with three touchdowns this week another um, good performance yeah and uh got a you know our guy i'll, I'll reference um matt holman here he's in our comments too um josh allen according to the the chart that matt posted is um 83 percent of the team's touchdowns um, oh they rely on josh 40 total touchdowns and um you know i think that that's just an incredible incredible stat and, and he showed mm -hmm. why again um yeah. this week so uh definitely the the, the inconsistencies come um uh, because you know, it's it's kind of the the nature of the beast but i think the people they have in this offense are inconsistent at times which contributes yeah. to the offense as a whole being inconsistent um we had a show man six seven weeks ago now maybe it was even further back than that where we talked about how the different units just can't seem to get on the same page on the same play there's one play where the offensive line blocks everything up perfectly but another position group uh doesn't handle their business and things go wrong um and i think that's just it happens with every team and we mm -hmm. see you know right now kansas city struggling a ton on offense yeah. as well Jackson um as well. and i and i don't have there's not one thing you can point to i think it's just it's it's a collection of imperfect things that uh create this inconsistency and i think even more so than that um what I what I like to see though is the ability to make those adjustments and really be able to just come out being successful at the end of the game. So although the offense was inconsistent, I think it was more so at the beginning. After the three punts, we had touchdown, touchdown, an interception, touchdown, one more punt there, fumble, and a fumble on the first play of the drive, right? Yeah. First so who knows with that? So then, and then a field goal. So the turnovers um, also led into the inconsistency yeah. as well. So one one punt after, um, after the first three drives, um, and then two turnovers uh, to boot. So so I think that, yeah, the the big inconsistency is at the start of the game, and that you know kind of that was one of the points I wanted to make um, coming into the recap is just. The start of the games from here on out it's just too important you cannot start games yeah, with three straight punts you have no. to start games with points mm -hmm. um and, and they did that against dallas they yeah. started games with points and it's it set a tone absolutely yeah it, again our defense is is built to play from having the lead and you know the bills were able to then go back and grab the lead mm -hmm. and and do enough to come away with the victory obviously but um yeah i just the, re the recipe for success here on this team this year is going to be scoring early um, and scoring often. And that's going to be just the way this team is with the injuries on defense. Now, unfortunately, I just don't, there's not going to be the the game where the defense really carries the load. We just, I just don't see the, the ability for that to happen. Now the defense played well in Dallas, but that was like the defense and offense were both clicking more or less oh, yeah. the run game. One final thing I want to talk about before we get to the defense, Lance, and that is Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis, 
I don't have a word for what Gabe Davis is at the moment because Gabe Davis, some weeks they glanced said a couple minutes ago, looks like one of the best receivers in football. Another week, he doesn't get targeted. The next week, he doesn't get a catch. Runs the wrong route. Whatever happens, right? But when Gabe Davis has his games, he has his games. It's like he either gets a catch for five yards, no catches, or he drops 130 on some team's head. And you're just like, wow. Why can't we bottle this up? And obviously, 130 yards week in, week out, he would be a top five receiver in football, and he's not. But yeah. four catches, 130 yards, and a touchdown. I was looking at his next-gen, you know, the next-gen charts. Mm-hmm. I was looking at this a couple hours ago. And I just – I thought the routes were a couple deep routes, but a lot of intermediate routes. And I kind of like that. Like, when I mean intermediate, I mean 10 to 20 yards down the field. I thought Gabe Davis on the touchdown – made a great catch on Allen made a great throw on the run, but I thought Gabe Davis, he made an even better catch because Gabe Davis had to stretch a little. Gabe Davis did a great job on that sideline catch to put him inside the 10, to keeping his feet in bounds and securing the ball. Gabe Davis looked like, like a dynamic receiver, a couple catches over the middle of the field, uh, four catches, 130 yards, six targets and a touchdown. Obviously a 57 was as long. We don't have to stay too long on this, but what are your thoughts on the Gabe Davis performance? Yeah, uh, Roy's coming in. Gabe Davis will be wearing a different uniform. Look, man, <clears throat> I'm going to disagree with that, that Roy, and that's fine. I, you know, I'm a huge Gabe Davis fan. Um, I'm a fan of the person, too. I met him uh, a couple times, and, you know, just the way he carries himself off the field as well as on the field, he does all the things, all the little things that you'd want a wide receiver to do, and he mm-hmm. doesn't care whether or not he gets we're 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 talking out of both sides of our mouth as Bills Mafia here because on one end we don't want a receiver to go out and show up anybody or be upset that they're not getting production yeah. and on the other end we want a guy to show and do more and all this stuff so it's like look he's doing what he's at being asked to do is he perfect no he's not making every single catch i get it he you know but show me a receiver that makes every single catch i don't think there is one yeah. i mean people Jamar Chase drops balls if he's you know your standard um, I mean, I think that you, you have to be a little bit realistic here. I think he is going to be tough to resign because of the way the the Bills roster is structured and the money. Yeah. But I think he's definitely worth trying to resign if they can make it fit because he just does a lot of things that people don't really watch for very, very well mm-hmm. in the run game. He's there with the blocking. Um, he was there doing the tush push on with Josh Allen more last year, I think, than this year. But he's just he does all the the gritty kind of workman like plays um and look i totally understand we'd like him to to catch the ball a little bit more he definitely had some injury stuff that's held him back from being super successful here and there but overall you know i think gabe davis is a very very positive uh contributor for this team and it's not always showing up in the stat sheet but overall he's a guy i would like to have on the team um i love having him on the team this year and we'll see what can happen for years to come but i think he he has that potential and it's just you can't get everyone the ball every game you know certain matchups are there and certain matchups aren't from game to game so i think that um that gabe davis is is a very very good uh wide receiver for the buffalo bills and um you know he has this potential he's shown in the past and he just got he goes out and works and does what he's asked uh, again drops a couple more than people might like but Overall, I think, you know, his potential game in and game out has to be noticed by the other team. And, you know, if they're taking him away, 
and making Josh, you know, use the tight ends more. That's okay. We have tight ends. Uh, someone mentioned in the comments, Kincaid's a little banged up here. That could attribute to his two yeah. targets for, for seven, you know, one, one catch for seven yards and his limited snap count. I think he did have an injury coming in. So maybe they're, you know, using Knox there a little bit more, um, which I don't mind either. So um, for, for, for Gabe Davis, man, I, I just really think that um, the gritty performance here um, kind of, he has these, you know, games seems like once every three games or something, he can come out yeah. and, and do this. And I don't think it's necessarily inconsistency on his part as to why that is. I think it's more, also be... more scheme and game yeah, plan on exactly. that kind of thing. Um, and, and we've seen Josh Allen not look at him and not be on the same page with him in certain situ- situations as well. So yeah, um, there's, there's a little bit to that, but I think overall, um, you know, his skill set is, is good. And, and when it's his time, when it's his matchup to shine, he has done so more often than not. Yeah. I, look, and you and I would definitely get to the Gabe Davis conversation once the season season ends, when we get into obviously our off season talk, and that's more of an off season talk. Well, Gabe Davis will be here based on, could be here based on obviously money is going to be a factor. What other teams offer? What do the bills want to do with the receiver position? And obviously we'll get to that. I think the one gripe people have with Gabe Davis, and I've always been a believer in Gabe Davis, and this year is kind of been up and down. It's just the inconsistencies. And I agree. I think it's a scheme thing. I, I don't always think they use him properly. I always thought sometimes they made him more of a deep ball receiver less, and then less of an intermediate. And that's why I mentioned the next gen stat uh, a minute or two ago, because I wanted to see where his targets were. And obviously his two catches were deep, right? And I think he does have a, a good boundary deep or a good threat deep with his legs, his size and, and all that kind of stuff. But I do think him using him in intermediate, he caught a couple balls uh, that were 15 yards down the field. And I think that makes his, I think that makes him a little special. I don't think he's great with, after the catch. I think that's probably one of his weaker traits. He's not super fast. We remember that draft video when he ran when being one and when he ran like a four five five or something, he's a bean guy, right? Like if the money works, Lance, he will be here next year. I'm not. I'm not going to say if he should be or not. The biggest thing is, what can Gabe Davis give us the next two games against the Patriots in Miami, and then into the playoffs? Like that's what all I freaking care about, right? Like yeah. if Gabe Davis can show up down the stretch here and play in big moments and make big catches, that's all I care about. I don't care what he did before if he shows up now. And uh, something in the comments, I think it was Matt. I think Holman said he's seven touchdowns on the year. That's tied for eleventh. Uh, in the NFL right now, that's including receivers and uh, tight ends. So there's a couple tight ends in front of him with more touchdowns. So he's a top 10 in receiving touchdowns. So if you want to look at that, like he has as many receiving touchdowns as St. Brown, who's a great receiver on the Lions, right? That's something you want to measure. I do agree. I would like to see more consistent games. Like I don't need to go from 150 yards to 10. I would like right. to sit more in the 60 and 70, but we've learned. And you and I mentioned when we talked about the inconsistencies of the offense, it, it's one of the years where every week and, and if you're a betting person, why you probably shouldn't take the yards on a certain person, because every week it's a different guy, right? Like we've seen, it's been Kincaid. Obviously it was digs a lot earlier in the year. We've seen a couple games. It's Shakir. Sometimes it's, it was cook a couple weeks ago. It's been Gabe Davis, right? Like it's been multiple guys catching balls for this team. And that's a good thing. And that's a bad thing at times. Um, but that's the last thing I want to say on the Gabe Davis thing. One, fu- let's get to the, let's get to the defense before we get to the playoff picture, because we still have a guest coming on. And I do want to talk Patriots a little uh, because they stink. Not uh, Patriots did get a nice win um, on Christmas Eve over Denver, which helped the bills a ton. So did the Raiders. Oh, yeah. Yes. And we'll get to the playoff picture in a minute. Lance, we, you talked about, you and I have talked about the defensive injuries. 
Matt Milano, Trey White, Micah Hyde, Jordan Phillips, Daquan Jones, who's slowly coming back. Obviously, we'll get the injury report tomorrow and obviously how they practiced throughout the week. But he was questionable heading into the day or heading into the game on Saturday. So that's something that I'm looking forward to at the moment. I thought the defense, and I'll let you go next, but I thought the defense was inconsistent as well. They were put in bad situations, 13 points off turnovers, uh, and they were put in bad situation with the muff punt, with the interception, and with the fumble, right? Like, I think, and I, I was hard on the defense, right? I'm always hard on the defense, and you know me when I'm in the chat, Lance. I'm very hard on the defense at times. And is it is it right at most? No, because they have injuries, and they do, they've dealt with injuries all year. But I want to shout out the defense. I want to shout out what they did when James Cook fumbled with about five and change left, where they could have bent over and gave up a touchdown and they could lose this game, but they got a stop and they gave their offense a chance to go, obviously, go obviously for a touchdown, win the game with the field goal, which they did. You get put right back on the field, Lance, after a fumble, and you have to go make a stop. So I want to give credit to the defense. They made a stop. Terrell Bernard's a freaking stud. Like, he's a stud. Like, that guy is an absolute game record at the linebacker position seven tackles a sack a tackle for loss a quarterback hit he looked like he had a bad injury hopefully he's okay this week he came back in I, when i first saw it i was like oh boy here we go mm-hmm. and he was fine and ed oliver ed oliver is a man amongst boys that contract is so good right now he had four tackles two sacks two tackles for loss two quarterback hits this up front, I thought the pressure was weak, but I thought they got better as the game went on. I need to see more out of Gregory Rousseau and Leonard Floyd in this game. I thought they were not very disruptive off the edge, and I thought Von Miller just looked like a show of himself. I thought at times Von Miller looked like he was going through the motions, but I thought Ed Oliver and Terrell Bernard were absolutely studs in the middle of the field and obviously up front with Ed Oliver. Yeah, I think we saw a couple of times that uh, Puna Ford – Got in the mix finally, so that was kind of nice to see him showing some production. Linval Joseph had a QB hit in this game. Who would afford a sack? Yeah. So I think that uh, the interior defensive line has has played really well and been obviously led by Ed Oliver. Um, He's he's been the the champion of that defensive interior. Um, Like you said, Bernard and, uh, you know, Bernard and Dodson playing well as a unit, um, and you have Jordan Poyer kind of, filling in at the like linebacker that. level a lot. Um, Poyer and Rapp didn't come off the field at all. So uh, Taylor Rapp with a heck of a game in the stat sheet, you know, nine total tackles, seven solo. So I think that uh, he played well. Who was the Bernard? Had a, Russell Douglas. That was had a sack. A, a Russell Douglas sack, man. That was a cool. Again, you know, the defense is so great because of our head coach that nobody seems to like, Sean McDermott. <laughs> Um, you know, I think that, yeah, Sean McDermott just is a brilliant defensive mind. And I think he's showing more and more. So, um, as the season progresses here, we've seen the last few weeks, uh, him kind of flash and, and steam up some really cool things. Excuse me. Uh, I think, you know, guys coming off the edge, just confusing the offense on who's coming. And that's, um, that's been a huge, huge lift for this defense getting that pressure when the, when the four man rush doesn't necessarily get it, you know, he's able to pull the right um, strings and get the pressure that we need with the right guys. So. Yeah. I thought the defense was good. I thought that the scheme was good. Look, 
I don't think they were on their A game or their A plus game, right, Lance? Like we saw against Dallas, because right. even with the injuries, we've seen the defense, I think, be better. But they, they look, the Chargers played for their interim head coach. And I want to give them, I, I gave them credit early on. You gave them credit. Like they played for their guy, they played for their coach. And that's a scary opponent sometimes. We've seen the Raiders kind of uh, catch fire in the last month with Antonio Pierce. Because they want to play for him. They didn't want to play for Josh McDaniels. They want to play for Antonio Pierce, right? So mm-hmm. we kind of got that with the Chargers. They did limit, I think, like Austin Eckler. He was had a solid game. Easton Stick did the one thing Easton Stick didn't do that a lot of backup quarterbacks do force balls. Like he didn't force anything. Like he didn't throw any picks. The defense was obviously 13 points off turnovers. They were put in two bad spots with the James Cook fumble and the Deontay Hardy fumble. So you can kind of maybe chalk that up to that. Those things don't happen. The defense only gives up like 16 to 14 points. Obviously, mm-hmm. we want A.J. Ambenetta to come back because I think he's having a really good year. Yeah, And is. him, Russo, and Leonard Floyd kind of rotating on the edge was great. The D-line D up front was good. They're going to need to bring that again. Uh, I think the secondary was fine. I don't think they were particularly great. And the, watching Dodson play... Sometimes I feel like he's the worst player on the field, and then sometimes he's the best player on the field. Like I, he's just so—it's just a fascinating thing to watch. And like, if you're mm-hmm. not a Bills fan, if you ever flip on a Bills game, right, and you watch Dodson play, and you flip on to watch two plays, you might see the worst linebacker you've seen. But if you flip on for another two plays, you might see the best linebacker you've ever seen. Right? Like he's one of those guys that, like, when a guy gets the ball to the backfield, I think he like takes like a half second to react, and his hips don't move. But he's always making tackles. He's always doing his thing. He's a little undersized. Uh, he had a nice PFF grade. He was six on the Bills defense with 67. Rousseau was five on the Bills defense. I think Rousseau was good with the pressures. I, he never obviously got uh, to – what's it called? He got never got to – He was no, sorry. Rousseau was better in run defense in my opinion. My bad, sorry. Rousseau got a nice 73 grade in run defense. Pass rush wasn't particularly great. Linval Joseph was 70 pass rush grade. Shout out to that guy coming off the streets and just being kind of a game wrecker up front. I mm-hmm. love that. Uh, Bills seem like they're pretty sound, even with the Jordan Phillips injury in the interior. Uh, Ebenezer coming back would be nice, but I like where their defense is trending at the moment. I do think we probably need to make a couple more plays on the ball and just some of the soft coverage I don't always agree with, but they went to a bend, don't break kind of style. And Lance, with 23 seconds left, you we all know. like we, we, we get that feeling when the Bills don't get a touchdown or don't milk the clock down to the final second to kick a field goal, and the Chargers get the ball back. Thank God they scoop kicked it. Thank you. With 23 seconds left, we're all thinking, I'm sitting with my friend who's a Bills fan, and I'm like, oh, boy. Like, I know it's Easton Stick with no Mike Williams and no Keenan out, but, like, we we just have that as a Bills fan from, like, over the years, just mm-hmm. that feeling of, like, here we go again. And um, greatly, Ed Oliver made a hell of a play up front and got a sack. Easton Stick, obviously, that's just being a backup quarterback inexperienced. You can never take a sack there. It's the last thing you want to do. And then, honestly, when the ball bumped up to Quentin Johnson, I was like, if Quentin Johnson catches it, it actually would have been better because he would have got tackled. The clock would have ran. Mm-hmm. Um, Bills made a good defense, and obviously, I'll take my chances with the, the laterals from their own 20 or whatever it was. But I was just like, Lance, did you get that feeling for like a second? You're like, oh, boy. Like, no, I, I know it was 23 like, seconds. I felt like the defense was, was, had performed I, well enough. Throughout I, the day, I, agree. I wasn't it's, too nervous about it's it. It's more of my. I was definitely previous. on the edge of my seat and saying, yes. like, "Hey, let's let's go." But I wasn't necessarily like, "Oh man, um, <laughs> David, we're gonna blow this shit, game." David. I don't, um, <laughs> I think that uh, <clears throat> the one last thing I'll say on the defense, though, that I wanted to give up is that um, 
the pads are really – I think I messaged you this a little bit. The pads are really starting to pop throughout the whole NFL, really, um, this week, I think. And you see some some really great hits on, on the defense. And yeah. uh, some of our guys made really great plays. Um, I believe it was but, Bernard, maybe not. Somebody on on Everett on that one play uh, at the goal line there was a heck Johnson. of a hit. Teron Johnson, yep. So so Terry oh, no, Johnson, no, no. Just, yeah. Was it Russell Douglas? the safety maybe? Might have been Russell Douglas. Might have been I'll find. Yeah, might have been Poyer Rap or or Teron Johnson. I don't think it was a boundary corner, but anyway, um, I think that you know just that that increased level. Um, you know, physicality and stuff it plays right into the, you know, this Bills defense uh, has the guys on it to really set a physical tone. And sometimes they go a little bit overboard and get undisciplined, but um, they've, they've found a way to, to harness that the last few weeks, I believe, and, and kind of be able to um, really stifle some of these offenses we've been playing. So I think o- overall the performance of the defense was a heck of a performance. I said it earlier, um, you know, five field goals, and a touchdown that was, uh, you know, from started on the 27-yard line uh, when they scored that. So uh, overall, a heck of a performance. You wouldn't, you'd like to think that a guy like Easton Stick couldn't be so effective, but uh, you know, at least they were able to mitigate it, like I said, and keep the Chargers out of the end zone. So before I see Mike in the chat right now, we'll we'll get to Mike in a couple minutes. Right before Mike, if you don't mind hanging out for a second, we just want to break down Lance. We'll break down the playoff picture. Before just where the Bills sit at right now, right? So Bills are currently sitting at nine and six. They have the Patriots and they have the Dolphins on the horizon. One scenario, if the Bills wanted to win the division, Baltimore has to beat Miami this weekend and the Bills have to take care of business against the Patriots and then go to Miami, beat Miami. But Lance, that also plays the Bills right into the two seed. Obviously, there's other scenarios I had. I put on Twitter on after... The Patriots beat the the Broncos, so thank you, Patriots, for that. If the Bills, this is just a clinch a playoff spot, a wild card spot at the moment. The Bills beat the Patriots on Sunday, and the Seahawks beat the Steelers, and the Chiefs beat the Bengals. The Bills clinch a playoff yeah. spot. That's a wild card spot. Lance, did I miss anything else you want to mention in the playoff picture at the moment? Yeah, Bills win this week. Obviously, is the is the clincher here, and then you have a couple different things that can happen: Pittsburgh losing or Cincinnati losing. Uh, one of those two has to lose, and then the Jacksonville could lose with a Pittsburgh loss and a Cincinnati or a Cincinnati loss, and they would get in. And then if Cincinnati, Houston, and Indy all lose, or Pittsburgh, Houston, and Indy, all three of those lose with a Bills win, they get in. So um, plenty of chances this week to to clinch. I think they will. Obviously, um, getting the win is is the, the utmost importance, and then whatever else happens outside of what the Bills do is what it is I, I kind of at this point the bills control their own destiny all they have to do is win and they're yeah. in they cannot they cannot be eliminated from the playoffs at this point if they just take care of business and that's yeah. what i'm focused on there's a lot of st- chatter going on with hypotheticals on twitter and things like that that i see going around and it's like hey <laughs> we win two we win two games here and we're probably uh division champs so that's yeah. that's the goal. and obviously you can always root for stuff right like root for the Seahawks to beat the Steelers root for the Chiefs to beat Absolutely. the Bengals obviously root if you're gonna root for one thing this weekend outside of the Bills beating the Patriots root for Baltimore to beat Miami because if Baltimore beats Miami the Bills are facing a one game if they beat Patriots uh, against the Dolphins for the division and for the two seed which 
Lance, if you and I talked about a two seed about a month ago when we Bills were sitting at six and six, we would have been crazy. But now we're nine and six after wins against the Chiefs, Cowboys, and Chargers, and now we're sitting at just a chance to get to the two seed, which is crazy. Okay. Yeah. Ready to talk some Patriots? Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Let's get the three-person background on, and let's get Mike Cadillac, who's a beat reporter for the Patriots, covering the Patriots for WEEI uh, out in Massachusetts uh, and Rhode Island and all, New England, basically. Mike, how we doing, man? What's going on, fellas? Thanks for having me. Uh, big one this week, obviously. Pats versus Bills. So uh, thanks for having me on. Happy to uh, happy to join you. Of course, of course. So let's well, we'll, we'll start with you, obviously. Uh, so Patriots get a, a much needed win. Is not probably where they are at the season, but a win against Denver. Obviously, yeah. I know I see your tweets a lot. Focusing on the draft, obviously the quarterbacks, Kale Williams, Drake May, and all that kind of stuff. But the Patriots obviously get a win on Christmas Eve over the Broncos, which helped the Bills a ton. Uh, but where, where do you see this Patriots team at the moment heading into Sunday in Buffalo? Oh, man. Um, I mean, the, the way you said it is, is a good point, really, where like, okay, a, a win's a win, and it's a good win because there's rumors circulating around, you know, Belichick's job and what they're going to do next season. And if they do land a top two, three pick, if they can land a quarterback and, you know, obviously the, the Mac Jones experiment, um, at least I believe has really come to an end here. Um, I think Zappi's performance against Denver really solidified that. And, and he wasn't great by any means, but you know, he made, uh, he made some high impact throws, you know, deep down the field, which we haven't really seen from any Patriots quarterback uh, this season. And he limited mistakes, which the both of them really talked about today. Um, on radio, both Belichick and Zappi, just how, you know, getting ahead and not making those mistakes is so critical. And that's kind of what's been the detriment to this Patriots team this season. So um, a good win from a culture standpoint, obviously, like you mentioned too, since this is a Bills show, a good win for the Bills. Um, get Keep Denver out of the uh, the wild card mix a little bit there. Um, so I think, you know, outside of, you know, like you said to me on Twitter, you know, breaking down the, the draft and wanting <laughs> these guys to have this top pick and, and, some people I think might misconstrue it a little bit. Like I, I fully understand that, you know, an NFL team is not going to sit here and actively tank. But I also do think that, you know, when you're out of playoff contention and as a fan and, you know, covering the team, thinking towards the future, you should probably root for them to, you know, you know, take a couple of L's here down the stretch so that they can ultimately build themselves up in the future. Um, they're not going to do that. They obviously didn't do that. They fought for their coach and they fought for each other and against the team, in the Broncos playing on Christmas Eve and fighting for their playoff lives, uh, the Patriots could have easily mailed it in and, you know, thinking Christmas Eve, want to go back home, we're on the road, want to see my family, but they didn't Played hard and uh, got the win. So uh, encouraging for the guys on the roster and um, puts them in an interesting position, you know, especially going up to Buffalo this weekend uh, with two games left in the season. Yeah, obviously the Bills uh, went to New England and didn't have success. Right. Um, but I would assume just like they went to New York and didn't have, or New Jersey, I would say, and didn't have success. Um, I mean, how did the Patriots avoid in your mind suffering the same fate that kind of the jets did when they came in Miami, even, I mean, these guys right. have come to Buffalo and just gotten rocked. And I think that that's more to what's probably to come this weekend, but I, I do, you know, the, the, the defense, I, I would say, I guess is kind of held their own against a lot of teams. You know, they had the tough chargers game where it's six to nothing. And um, they, they only give up 10 to a few of the other teams, the last five or six here. Um, And and so they're definitely uh, got the, the brains behind the operation uh, to be successful. And um, what do you think uh, defensively 
yeah. that the Patriots might be able to do this weekend. So, I mean, I just, I look at it from, you know, looking at, at it however many weeks ago, five, six weeks ago it was when, when Buffalo came to Gillette and obviously the Patriots come out with the win. Um, that was sort of a flash in the pan moment for this Patriots offense. And even how they played uh, against Denver last weekend, I don't think that's going to be enough to beat this Bills team. I really don't. I think um, when we got or when the Patriots rather got them in, in Foxborough a few weeks ago, like that was right in the midst of what you guys were just talking about before I came on that sort of sub 500 or 500 ish area, trying to figure things out on offense. Ken Dorsey still calling plays and they just, you know, couldn't really get it together. And so, um, as much as the Patriots have looked good the last four weeks and, you know, come into this one, two and two in their last four offense, kind of clicking. Um, I still think it's going to be tough against this build team. I mean, last and even defensively, as good as the Patriots have been like, you know, with, you know, Joe Brady calling plays in, in Buffalo, it really, you know, Allen and Gabe Davis and obviously Stefan Diggs, like James Cook has had a bit of a resurgence two weeks ago. He played well. Um, it's going to be tough to stop them. And I think, it sounds funny to say, but I kind of think the Patriots, like last week, they're kind of playing off just vibes and like, you know what, we're, we're, we're playing well, we're playing strong here. So let's just keep rolling. But like, if you talk about and compare the, the horses on the bills offense right now, compared to the horses on the Patriots defense, like I still think it's, I still think the New England's overmatched. I mean, Christian Barmore has probably been Patriots plus player this season, had a couple three sacks rather on Russell Wilson. So, I mean, he can be a challenge against, uh, against Buffalo's offensive line, you know, interior offensive line. But I mean, besides that, I look at the guys that the Patriots are going to have to use to, to cover these guys in um, Sean Wade and Alex Austin. Like, I'm sorry, that's just not enough for Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs at all. And so it was fun last week and they were able to figure it out against Sutton and Judy, but you go up and again, another task against two dominant receivers that really kind of play well off each other. I don't see it going too well. Um, I'll get into it more this week. That's kind of a high level analysis of what I've got on this, you know, Bills offense, Patriots D, but like that is their strong suit. But I still think as well as they've played, I think they're kind of, they're meeting their match this weekend in Buffalo. That's what I'd say. Yeah. And like, yeah. if you think about it, the Bills obviously suffered that loss. And I was at that game. Yeah. Um, and obviously it was a, it was a tough game for the, for the Bills sake, but like you saw they rebound against the Jets um, right. and similarly lost to the Jets early in the year. And then they beat the Jets, right? Like for, if you're looking at the Bills perspective, you're thinking, okay, one, obviously we know where we're at the year. Right? We have, now we have a ton to play for and you kind of know what kind of got you hurt against the Patriots. Exactly. Fox World. It, it, I would be kind of shocked is a tough word, but I, I would be kind of shocked. Like if the, the Bills lose twice to the, no, I, I, like, I think shocked in is, Buffalo is a good way to put it like the yeah. way again. And it's, and again, they got Denver with it too, but I was looking at it last week and it's like a team that, you know, is rolling and Denver had hit a little bit of a slide, but like, you know, right there, playoff mix needs more to play for compared to a Patriots team that's just shouldn't, for all intents and purposes, be all in it and all involved. Like it should be, again, I don't want to call it a layup for Buffalo, but this should be a game they can win as long as they, you know, again, give it their all and don't don't back down, I guess. But yeah. So you think the Bills cover the spread this week, unlike last week? What are we sitting at? Ten and a half or something like that? I Seven saw, and a half is last yeah, I saw. I saw 11. twelve this morning too. Ooh. Around that. Oh, yeah. 12, I looked at yeah. yeah, I think I looked at <clears throat> Anduul yesterday and it was 10 and a half. So it's moving then it's moving in Buffalo's direction. Um, man. Yeah. It's a lot of points. Would, it a is a lot of points. NFL. Tough in the NFL. I know it's too like, it, I mean, those you are, could be, well, you could be up 21 Patriots score right. garbage touchdown with 45 seconds. That means right. absolutely nothing with nobody yeah. in the stands. And I'm like, and then it's, it's, for, you know what? I'll take, like, I'll take the Patriots against the spread then. You know what? I'll be a homer here. We'll take the, the Pats against the spread, but 
Uh, again, something like a backdoor cover, something like a late touchdown. I don't see it being all that close. I think it's going to be pretty much Buffalo all the way. Yeah. Is there anyone uh, that New England's going to be without? Uh, I know their Jabil Peppers was questionable and things that's early in the week, obviously. Um, so we don't have the ability to get the practices yeah. in before we have this show. But um, do you see anybody uh, missing this game or having a chance to, to miss uh, up here against Buffalo? Yeah, um, we'll know tomorrow more, obviously, because, again, like you said, practice starts up tomorrow. We get some actual yeah. practice reports and stuff. But, I mean, put it this way. Last week, Jabril Peppers and Matthew Slater both missed with hamstring injuries. Um, and, as you know, hamstrings can be funky. I mean, they could be Tough. they could be good as new tomorrow or they could, um, you know, still be ailing or they could be good as new and they practice and they, you know, they yank it again. And so um, I would watch Peppers. I think that's that's one to watch that he might, you know, he might give it another week and maybe try and suit up the last week, or they might just shut him down for the last three. Who knows? Cause that's the kind of, those are the kind of things I watch too. As we go down the stretch is like, we talk about, you know, tanking and obviously not tanking, but like thinking more towards the future. And if like, why are we going to risk peppers pulling his hamstring off the bone in two games that don't really matter and not going to get us to the postseason? Yeah. So I can see something like that happening. Same with Matthew Slater, who's getting older. Um, but I also think that, He's probably done anyway. He might he might hang him up after the season, so he might want to go out there and tough it out the last two weeks. But um, or even you know maybe miss Buffalo game and then play his final home game the following week against the Jets and call it a career. So those are the two big ones to watch. Um, Demario Douglas played through a con- not played through a concussion. He was cleared after a concussion and came <laughs> back. So no, definitely they didn't do that. But that was another guy I was looking at where maybe shut him down because having two concussions as a rookie. If you get hit again, that's a third. You can kind of obviously mess up uh, what's going up, going on upstairs in your skull. Yeah. So I don't know if they're uh, they, right as of right now. He's playing through it. So um, other than Peppers and, and Slater, I think everyone who is healthy um, is pretty much. Oh, Hunter Henry is the other one. Excuse me. He missed last week with a knee injury. He uh, he didn't travel, so he's still um, going through that. It was on like some basically a hospital wall from Zappy the week before. But um, if if he can get right, I would I would think he's going to play because he's heading into a contract year, so he might want to put some more stuff on yeah. tape. But those are really the three that I'm looking at: one on defense, one on offense, one on special teams. You you mentioned Demario Douglas, right? And, and this Patriots offense is when I was on my internship and yeah, like week every week at practice and going to some games. The offense was I think it's changed from early in the year. Obviously, Mac Jones to Bailey Zappi's a change. They don't have Ramondre Stevenson, probably their best quote unquote offensive player. Yeah, uh, they rely on Zeke. And they used Demario Douglas finally, right? Like that's the guy, and everyone was clamoring for Demario Douglas to be used. Obviously, Kendrick Bourne, um, out for the year. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster never lived up to, I guess, the quote-unquote hype or his name uh, coming into New England. But Mike, where do you see this Patriots offense with Zappy, with Zeke, with Demario Douglas, and probably Devontae Parker as the two mm-hmm. best receivers, like going into Buffalo? And they played a particularly pretty well, pretty good game. Zeke didn't have a great game on the ground, mm-hmm. but Zappy 25 for 33, 256, two touchdowns, uh, no interceptions. He did have a fumble. I, I think I think he had a fumble, right? Yeah. Um, but where do you see this Patriots offense with those kind of four guys? leading leading the charge at the moment yeah um i mean ideally i would think it's not what you want like heading into next season (laughs) you don't want to build around those four guys but it's kind of what they have right now and look like you mentioned zeke like zeke's playing zeke has played pretty good ball i think you could call that signing maybe not a bargain but that was that was one of the better signings the patriots made this offseason bringing zeke in um and getting him sort of in the system and obviously he's played well with Ramondre out the last couple weeks um, and then I look at, you know, 
Douglas and Parker as your one or your two and your one, I guess. I mean, Demario Douglas has played pretty solid football. And you mentioned what we saw over training camp and then sort of his evolution through yeah. the season. He gets here. He, he Douglas fumbles against Miami and he basically gets put in the doghouse for a week. And it's like, it's like the same thing as Kendrick Bourne the year before with Belichick. It's like, what are we doing? Like, get your best playmakers on the field. And they didn't keep, they didn't doghouse him, doubt, excuse me, doghouse him as long as they did with Kendrick Bourne, thank God. And, you know, outside of the two injuries in the couple of games Douglas has missed, every time he's on the field, he's pretty good. He kind of looks like that. Um, it, it's hard to compare them to these guys, but like you look at Troy Brown and Julian Edelman and, you know, Wes Welker as that sort of shifty slot guy that, uh, you can sort of base your offense around. He's not your one, but he's your he's your one A, your two that kind of helps you move the chains um, every now and again. And I think he's brought all of that and more. Um, he still has some room to improve, but he's their one guy that can really get yards after the catch, which uh, that's something you can worry about on offense. And then Devontae Parker, I mean, I, I tweeted this the other day during the game when he, he had a couple jump balls and sort of, you know, box out plays that helped the Patriots ultimately get into scoring range a couple times, and especially on the final drive when they put it through the uprights in Denver. And, I think Parker's good when when he does what sort of you ask him to do and what he's kind of meant to do, and it's exactly that. You know, quick slant, jump ball, deep ball. Like, he's not going to get any yards after the catch, but he's going to contest, and he's going to – like, he, he contested – he had a couple contested catches, contested catches against Pat Sertain, who is arguably the best cornerback in football. And so when he asks him to do what he's supposed to, he, he does pretty well. And so long story short, and Bailey Zappi running the operation – He's fine. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that Zappi's done enough to earn the starting job next season, but clearly he's the best quarterback right now for the Patriots on their roster. So they're going to move forward with him. Um, how it pertains to the Bills this weekend. Look, I think they can do enough to put up some points, but as we know, that Buffalo defense is good. They're playing well right now. And they're sort of, you know, they shut down Dak Prescott, you know, two weeks ago and who was an MVP candidate at the time. Like they're playing a good ball. And so it's going to be hard to hard to take them down. So, uh, lo- again, long story short, like Patriots are hitting their stride a little bit, but I, I don't know if it'll be enough to do it this weekend. I see this comment. I know this is not re- related to uh, Patriots bills on Sunday, but someone in the comment section, Mike, will get your thoughts on this and then we'll do mm-hmm. score predictions and then we'll let you go here. But what's the, someone on YouTube is asking, what's the Pats head coach situation? next year so i oh, i look, you cover the team and you can maybe do the short story not the long story yeah. and i know i've when i was in at school i, I listened to uh you guys yeah uh, 98.5 the sports i mean every other conversation is not even about the team it's is bill belichick back next year who's right. the head coach and i feel like i heard 12 different guys and half of them are just mm-hmm. unrealistic but your thoughts just your quick thoughts on the head coach situation next yeah year. um I'll go, like you said, short story. We'll try and sum it up quick. As of right now, uh, it's kind of, I would say, up in the air from the reports that have you know come out. There was one from Tom Caron from NBC Sports Boston who basically said a decision was made. And then it was refuted a little bit by Ian Rappaport saying that you know they haven't really fully made a decision. And so I tend to lean towards Caron's report in that a decision has been made. But I, he also you know added a caveat that um, you know, minds can change. And I think that's, that's kind of obvious. So I think it was kind of weird to, you know, word it one way, but then say, but it might not happen. So yeah. long story short, what I think happened is Karen got good Intel about at the time of the indie game, the Patriots basically had their minds made up and they knew that something had to change. Could it, could their minds change and they might try and, you know, make J- Bill step back as, as the GM and just be the head coach. Like that's sort of my take on it is that they're going to try and first go in and say, look, 
you're a good head coach, but we need help personnel wise because at least offensive personnel wise, I mean, they have swung and missed so yes. many times over uh-huh. the last five, 10, yeah. even 15 years. Like they're not in a good spot. And that stems from Belichick and he knows it too. Like he said it himself, but I do think that they're all going to ultimately try and have a conversation. If Bill won't step down as GM, which I don't think he will. I don't think his ego is small enough for him to take a step back. I think he's going to say, no, I want to do this. And they're going to say, okay, then we need to, we need to move on. And whether that's a mutual parting of ways, I don't think they're going to fire him. But if it comes to that, they might have to, um, or maybe try and trade him. So if I had to guess, I would probably say he's gone because I don't think he's going to want to take a step back from personnel. Yeah. But um, that's sort of my take on it. And I think, I think ultimately the crafts know that a change needs to be made. I just, it, what that change ultimately is, is probably still up in the air. Yeah. Okay. Just wanted your thoughts on this. My girlfriend's coming in in the comment section. We're going to the game on Sunday. I'm driving oh, up go. to Buffalo. Uh, I went last year for the, uh, for, not the first time, for the second time. So we're driving up a little graduation gift for me. So oh. I'm excited. I'm hey, excited. Okay, but right? As a and fan, a right? Game, You're not the game day ball. hospitality tailgate. So that'll yeah. be a good time. Nice. Yeah. And I won't be, I won't be in, uh, I'll be as a fan. A little there different. Than, and my last Patriots game I was at, Mike, was the Chargers one. And that was Oh, that's oh, okay. That was an interesting one. Six nothing. Yeah, that was the first sure. game I've ever been at when I didn't see a touchdown, and I was like, "Oh uh, yeah, that was great. That was interesting. yeah, that was tough. That one was that, that was, was the old Buffalo Cleveland games back in the day. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's one of those things where rainy. It's off, and that was with the Chargers with Justin Herbert. They, they should have fired Brandon Staley after that game, even yeah, though seriously. they won. Yep. Even though they won, even though they won, it, it, but, if New England like went down the down the field and scored and made it seven six, I feel like that would have been the that would have oh, been the yeah, really firing. Yeah. And game. then obviously yeah. they waited to, to the Raiders game. Yeah. And then they got embarrassed. They the if they did it, then they would have never got forty piece by by yes. big. So <laughs> Royce coming and grabs nice yeah. So um, the big matchup uh, for this game before we get into score, just yeah, uh, put a bow on it on the preview. Um, you mentioned I think the Bills' outside receivers against the Patriots' defensive backs probably is one of the bigger mismatches for this game. Um, I guess for the for the Patriots, you know, on offense against the Bills, obviously having those running backs that can get downhill fast and kind of lean on you over throughout the game um, can be a big deal. So it's a little bit, bit of a war of attrition in this mm-hmm. game, but I think that um, it, it, what we talked about at the beginning here was the Bills starting fast and scoring first or scoring early on their offensive drives. So if the Bills are able to utilize um, those outside weapons and and still um, neutralize Barmore, like you mentioned, being a better, you know, I think the Bills have a lot of success. Um, if the Patriots are able to penetrate and disrupt that run game early, um, definitely throws the Bills' rhythm off. And then if they are able to break a run or two on, you know, offensively on their end, <clears throat> has a lot of uh, a lot of impact, I guess, on how this thing could go. Um, so just your thoughts, I guess, is there any matchup, um, outside of the digs, Gabe Davis, um, against your corners that you're looking at? Um, is there any matchup that you're excited to kind of watch, uh, between the two here? Yeah. Um, I mean, big picture, I think going into and trying to compare it even just to last week, like my idea of the Patriots and how they should win the game in, in vendor last week was establish the run and obviously throw when you have to, but. It's going to be tough against guys like, you know, Pat Sertain and uh, their safety, whose name I'm blanking on, but Denver's dominant safety. Uh, and Justin Simmons. Yeah, obviously. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Justin Simmons. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> uh, so, like, I mean, those two guys throwing against those guys with your tight end dude, Mike Kosicki, who's a de facto wide receiver. And then, um, you know, the, your 
your wide receiver room that's banged up from the start against, you know, guys like that is tough. But, and so I was like, you know, establish the run against Denver because their run defense was so poor and go from there. But what the Patriots did was throw and they threw 33 times. And the uh, Zappi, according to PFF, didn't have any turnover worthy plays uh, through 33 attempts. And so, I mean, he was, he took care of the ball and he looks to be more comfortable. So, I mean, really it's, it's big picture, but what I'm going to watch for is to see how Zappi continues to improve because um, he's gotten better in just about every game he played this year. And I think that, you know, with time and with confidence and with experience, he can continue to build up sort of a resume, if you will, to give himself a shot to play next season, whether that's here or elsewhere. So uh, if he can do it again, and at least whether they win or lose, we'll see, but you know, how he plays against the Bills defense, which is one of the betters and one of the better ones in football playoff team again, two weeks in a row. Um, that's sort of what I'm watching is just how Bailey Zappi performs uh, up in Buffalo. Yeah. And it's always dangerous. Bailey Zappi's playing for a lot. Like he's playing for, he's playing for his career. Like in retrospect, like it sounds a little deep there, but he kind of is, especially in a lot of these guys. And that's why I always never believe teams are tanking because the front offices might be tanking based on who they put on the field, but players are never because they're always playing for their next contract or right. to stay on the team next year and all that kind yep. of stuff. Um, with that yep. being said, <clears throat> a couple of uh, oh. notes here just for, yeah, what do you got before? Um, and I didn't want to take up too much time with it, uh, having the guests, obviously, but we have James Cook um, already over a thousand yards rushing. Uh, Diggs needs four catches to get to a hundred yard, a hundred catches on the year. So that'll be a big thing to watch. Um, Gabe Davis is 275 yards away from a thousand for the year. So he'll obviously have a long way to go, yeah. but, uh, if he has a Kansas city performance, you know, that could go a long way. So, um, you know, just notable things for these guys, <clears throat> obviously, um, coming up this game, just wanted to mention, um, Diggs has eight touchdowns. Davis has seven. So to get to that double digit plateau, they'll be looking to add to that and throw some things. Josh Allen, obviously um, leading the league in touchdowns. Uh, he'll, he's at 27 passing and 13 rushing. So we'll be looking to add to that um, just for the, the Bills folks out there during this Patriots game uh, to be looking for those stats to be added to another um comment here about Matt Milano uh, not going to be back for the regular season at all and um, highly unlikely for the playoffs but if they make a deep run and get to the Super Bowl let's say there's an outside chance Matt Milano might mm -hmm. see the field but it's very, I saw that comment what happened to Milano again I know it was a tough injury like it was something with his leg but when I saw the chance mm -hmm. to come to the playoffs I thought it was impossible yeah I don't think it's a very good chance um, he, he torpedoed himself and yeah he torpedoed himself into a pile in, yeah. in London there against Jacksonville. And uh, I didn't, they never really actually said a ton of what um, the entire injury was that I'm aware of. It kind of okay. went the old hockey route and just said poor body from what I understand. It's very clear that he broke um, one or two bones in his leg. And then mm -hmm. uh, never they never said anything about what, you know, soft tissue injury they, uh, may or may I not think, have resulted from that. But I think they did come out and say they, he didn't tear his ACL or MCL. Right. So I think he avoided so. that damage where he will obviously basically what I got from his, this was in London. So this is in week five, October, yeah. Columbus day weekend. So we're going back there. But I think what I got from the Matt Milano injury report, that wasn't, that was kind of a hockey injury report. Basically like he's probably done for the year. He should be fine for camp in the summer. Like that's what I basically got that. Like there's no like long-term issue with an ACL or MCL. So he avoided that, but he's still obviously probably going to miss the year. Another thing is Daquan Jones. 
uh, was questionable last week. And obviously, we'll see how he progresses. I still think he's probably the earliest as Miami in week 18, but we'll see how he practices this week. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that being said, Mike, we always do this. We end our show with uh, a little bit of a, a score prediction. So I'm going to, as you, Perfect. you are the guest, I'm going to let you go first. So what is, what is your score prediction for Bill's Patriots on Sunday? All right. Um, I'm going to go 24, 13 Patriots, uh, excuse me, 24, 13 Bills. Uh, I think the Bills pull it out. I think uh, Patriots keep it semi-close, maybe a score at the end here. But um, ultimately, Bills Bills win by 11. I think uh, the Patriots playing well, still get their, uh, still ultimately get, get a loss up in Buffalo. So I'm going to go 24, 13 Bills. Lance, what do we got, man? Uh, I'm going to go 38 to 9 Buffalo Bills. Uh, <laughs> All right. On New England. I like it. You went you went you went big last week as well. Uh so and obviously it came back and bit you a little, but that's all good. It's all good. Just uh, swinging, baby. Shooter's going to shoot, yeah, right? Why, why not keep swinging? Jim in the comments has 28 to 10. Uh Robbie in the here. comments has 38-24. My uncle Bud here coming in. Uh, if the Bills that play the Cowboys show up, like I said 37-17. And if they don't, uh, 24-20, which is the closer. Yeah. I like I like the Bills. So my, for my score prediction, I got Bills 27, Patriots 13. I think, look, I think the Patriots will give them a little bit of a fight. I don't think the Patriots with Bill Belichick are ever going to just roll over to the Bills just, just based off the history. And obviously Tom Brady and Bill Belichick dominating the Bills for, for years and for years. But I do think... The Bills don't love what happened in Foxborough, right? Like, I don't think that a little bit of an embarrassing loss, I would say. And I don't think they, I don't think they love that. And I still, I, the Bills franchise still knows uh, just the Patriots beating them over and over again. And they don't like that. And so I would, I would say the Bills will have a little bit of a chip on the shoulder is tough when you're 12 point favorites. It's a, it's a tough term to use there, but I would say like a little, kind of avenge a bad earlier season loss. They know what is on the horizon against Miami uh, with that, how much that game could potentially be in play for. They know where they are sitting in the playoffs, but I do think a 27, 13, I, I do think the bills take care of business and it might feel more like they won by 21, but they win by 14. So, yeah. Okay. So Mike, we'll, we'll let you go before we end the show, but we, we appreciate uh, you hopping on. And if you want to plug anything before you get out of here, uh, shoot. Nobody's going to watch it. Go for it. I was gonna say, yeah. Uh, if, if any Bills fans want to follow me on Twitter and give me uh, give me some shit and heckle me, it's at Mike Cadlick on Twitter. Uh, if you want to read any Patriots coverage, which I'm like you said, I'm sure you don't, but uh, at wewei.com uh, in Boston, I work for their radio station down here. So uh, give me a follow on Twitter at Mike Cadlick, and we can uh, we can chop it off about Bills Patriots. So thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Have a good thanks, one, Mike. Appreciate, appreciate you coming on, brother. See you guys. You got it. Okay, so that was Mike Cadillac, who works for WEEI uh, in New England, which is basically WGR 550 in Buffalo, for people that don't know. Lance, anything else? Oh, Roy's coming in. Bill's 27-23. Brian's coming in. Bill's 44-14. Matt, 22-20. What the heck, Matt? Jim, 28-10. Roy, 38-24. Lance. I'll be at the game on Sunday. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited. Game day hospitality tailgate. Uh, you'll be at the game day hospitality tailgate, right? I'll be at the tailgate. Will you week. be at the game? 
Because I asked you last uh, week and you didn't give me a great answer. As of right now, it's undetermined. As of right now, I do not hold a ticket to the game. You can sneak in. Yeah, I probably could. Get arrested. Yeah. Okay. Wait, I could also wait. just buy a ticket. You could also just fork over. 27 23 from Roy. Huh? You, you, have, you have a job, right, Lance? This is not your full time career. Nope. Because you and I would both be on the streets if this was our full time career. Okay, Wentz, anything else we got to say before uh, before we get out of here? Uh, once again, check out all of our great partners: uh, Picasso's Pizza, West Her, uh, Underdog Fantasy. Using promo code Blitz to sign up, get your first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Go check out uh, Buffalo Logo and the Built in Buffalo merch shop over at Buffalo Logo. Um, game day hospitality go check out game day hospitality on all social medias um, coupled with buffalo food slot they put on a great tailgate experience every week right next to o'neill stadium in on abbott road uh, for each and every bill's home game so check out game day hospitality mm-hmm. and uh, get your tickets this week if you want to come see peter and i at the tailgate we'll be at the built-in buffalo tent got some monster energy swag to throw out there for you oh so, um, can i steal some monster oh. energy swag Absolutely. So uh, come out there and uh, be (laughs) glad to interact, say hi, high five, whatever you'd like. So I'll uh, sign an autograph if someone wants an autograph. There you go. Totally joking. That's probably you're probably losing value if I sign something. Probably I, like I a like car. It, as soon as it's as soon as it dries, it's <laughs> depreciated. <laughs> if I sign it, I'm probably probably losing a little bit of value. <laughs> but I'll do it. I'll do it. There no, but yeah. So uh, me and Lance will be at the, the tailgate on Sunday. I'll be at the game on Sunday. Lance is still TBD on Sunday. But it should be a good game. The weather's like sitting in the 30s right now. No rain on the forecast. No snow on the forecast, which is always good. So I don't freeze uh, and get wet. And you, bud, you're right. Your uncle bring home a win. That's all that matters. Like we talked about earlier in the show and we, people talked about online this week. It wasn't pretty on Saturday night. It wasn't the Bills' best performance. But at this point, a win is a win, and you just want to keep on stacking them and obviously get yourself into the playoffs and then give yourself a chance when it comes into the playoffs. Okay, that is going to do it for us. Uh, it was a great show. We talked a lot about the Chargers. We had Mike Caddock on from WEEI breaking down the Patriots, a little more insight than we usually get from the other uh, team. Lance and I will be back next Tuesday at 8 o'clock. Lance, but did I just cut you off there? Did you want to say something else? Nope. Okay. And cut you off. Good. Lance and I will be back next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Recapping the Bills, Patriots, and getting you ready for Bills, Dolphins. That's going to be a great game. You guys do not want to miss that episode. Super stoked for that one. It's going to be a great one. And as always, make sure you follow Lance and I on social media, but make sure you follow Bill and Buffalo on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. Check out the merch shop. Check out everything. Underdog Fantasy, use code BLITZ. And as always, if you missed this episode, you can rewind it on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. But if you prefer the audio version, it comes out tomorrow morning on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, or wherever you get your audio podcast. Just type in Built and Buffalo Podcast Network, and you will find it. Hopefully, everyone has a good weekend. Hopefully, everyone has a good New Year. Happy New Year to everyone. Hopefully, everyone had a great Christmas. Happy holidays to everyone. We'll see you guys in the next one. And as always, he was Lance, and I was Peter. Go Bills. Go Bills, baby.